My mom always said life was like a box of chocolates. Carpe diem. Seize the day. There's no place like home. He's looking at you, kid. Do or do not. There is no try. They remember forever the night they played the Titans. up over there. Well, welcome to our very first week of At The Movies. At The Movies. Now, this series is a little bit different than some of the other series that we've done. The first thing you may have noticed is um, the kids are in the room with us, right? That's not typically what we do. We usually have a, a kid's service that is designed just for them because we believe that um, kids' church should be like 90 minutes of the best of their week. Right, and so we're excited about that, but we're excited about having them in here because we also believe that kids don't have some mini Holy Spirit inside of them, right? They're not just waiting for that, that mini Holy Spirit to grow up as they grow up so that they get the full-sized Holy Spirit inside of them, but we believe that the same Holy Spirit that you and I possess when we invite Jesus to be in charge of our lives is the same Holy Spirit that they have in their lives guiding them and instructing them. In fact, I have to say that um, anytime that I study the Bible with my eight-year-old, um, I am astounded by the insights that she gives me as we're talking about what's there. In fact, uh, she studies with us at our, our, our community group, and oftentimes other people in the room are like, did you like pre-prep her with that? I'm like, no, I was blown away too, it was crazy. So we're excited that uh, for this series, we've invited the kids to be in here with us. Um, secondly, secondly, um, you may notice a little bit more moving around. There's popcorn in the room, right? Smells so good. And yeah, this is like how you lose weight, smelling popcorn the entire message, right? Or maybe that's how you gain weight. I'm not really sure how that works out. But as you grab some, good. Yeah, and so there's gonna be some moving around. In fact, there may even be um, like some need to go to the bathroom while we're in here, which by the way, if you don't know where they're at, you can just go out this side entrance right over here, and then they're along that wall, and the restrooms are, are right there. You may even have like some coloring going on, some picture drawing going on. But hey kids, listen, mom and dad still need to pay attention, so make sure that if they're coloring, that you get their attention so that they'll be able to talk with you about this on the drive home, all right? I know who the, who the troublemakers are, and it's not you kiddos, all right? Just letting you know. Hey, thirdly, in this series, we are going to be watching a movie, right? What? How fun is that? You get to come to church and watch a movie. It's so cool. Okay, well, let me give you the data on it. We're not going to get to watch an entire movie because we're only going to be in here for about the next 35 minutes, and most movies are 90 to 120 minutes. So we're really just going to watch some clips from the movie, and I'll do my best to kind of fill you in with the storyline in between time. But we've worked really hard to find some clips that help us to teach what we're going to talk about and that are age-appropriate for in the room, all right? We've worked really hard to do that. However, I need you to understand and know that just because we show a movie 
who are at the movie series is not a ringing endorsement from us that this is a movie that you should go take your family to go see. All right? We still believe that you should have complete control over that. In fact, for my family, I use an app called Kids Media, right? And anytime that we're going to go see a movie, I pull up whatever that movie name is, which by the way, they also have TV shows, video games, uh, social apps, any type of app, um, all sorts of things. Anything that your kid could possibly consume in the media world, they have a review on it for you as a parent to be able to read a little bit about it and be able to make a more informed decision about is this something that I want my child to consume or is it not? And we use that in our family. Now I have to admit, I'm a little bit excited about this series because my family, we just don't go to the movies very often, right? I've got two arms and two legs and I'm kind of attached to them. And I feel like anytime I go to the movies, they want one of those pieces off of me, right? An arm and a leg, and sometimes my firstborn, and I kind of like her right now. Now, when we get to 13, I might have a whole different story about her, right? But right now, she's eight, she's cute, right? And so I still like her. So we're going to keep her for a little bit longer. So we don't get to go to the movies very often. And so I may be a little bit excited about our series because of all of those things. Now, you guys ready to get started? Me too. So say it with me. Here we go. Lights, camera, action. Ladies and gents, this is the moment you've waited for. Searching in the dark, your sweat soaking through the floor. Oh! Buried in your bones, there's an ache that you can't ignore. Taking your breath, stealing your mind, and all that was real is left behind. Don't fight it, it's coming for you, running at you. It's with this moment, don't care what comes after. Yeah, fuck a dream, can't you see you getting closer? To surrender, cause you feel the feeling taking over. It's Starting the circus. 
Now this film, The Greatest Showman, is loosely based on his life story. It's a musical. If you haven't watched it, it's okay. I love this movie. I love this opening sequence, right where he says, ladies and gentlemen, this is the moment that you've been waiting for. And then I have to love the line, like the preacher standing into the pulpit, right? I mean, I'm telling you, you can't get any better than that when you're a preacher. You're like, of course that's the moment that everybody's been waiting for. People flocked to go see P.T. Barnum in his circus. They came from everywhere because P.T. was an incredible storyteller, right? And so people came from everywhere to see him. Now, Jesus... Jesus was very similar. Now, I don't want to relate Jesus' ministry to a three-ring circus, all right? Nope. Don't anybody walk away and say that he said Jesus' ministry was like a circus, because that's not what I'm saying. Now, however, those that were against Jesus, those who didn't like him, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, and even some of the other Jewish teachers that were around, had they known about this word circus, they might very well have applied it to what Jesus was doing, all right? But people came from everywhere to see the miracles that Jesus was doing. They came to hear the stories that Jesus was going to tell. In fact, today we're going to talk about some of those stories. And over this entire series, we're going to be talking about the stories that Jesus told. So if you have your Bibles, open them up with me. Matthew chapter 13. Matthew chapter 13. And we're going to find such a crowd. We're going to find a crowd just like what was gathered for P.T. Barnum that came to see Jesus. And it starts in verse 1. It says this, That same day, Jesus went out of the house, and he sat beside the sea. And the crowd that was gathered around him was so great that he got into a boat and sat down. He pushed just a little bit out from shore. And the whole crowd stood on the beach. And he told them many things in parables. In parables. I think it's pretty amazing that Jesus like walked out of his house. He sits down in order to start teaching. The crowd gets so big. Jesus is like, oh, this is cool. I'll just get on the boat. And he gets out of the boat. And he pushes just a little way out from the shore. And everybody was so excited that they filled the beach. Right? I'm talking like, think like spring break, sort of like filled the beach going on, right? People as far as your eye could see, and Jesus began to teach in something called a parable. Now, most of us are like, oh yeah, yeah, I know what a parable is, but do we? Do we know what this thing a parable is? Because when I began to research what a parable is, right, I learned that it's not really even an English word. Did you know that? No, it's a transliteration. In other words, we took the letters from the Greek and brought them straight over into the English and said, here it is, new word, parable. And it comes from two Greek words. The word para, right? It's a prefix. And para means like concerning or about or alongside. In fact, it's still a word that exists in English today, right? We have the word parachute. We have the word paralegal, right? A person who's alongside of a lawyer. We have the word parachurch. All of these are things that are um, about or concerning or alongside of the main thing. And so para comes alongside, see what I did there, right? 
it comes alongside the word balo, right? Now we don't see the full word balo right there. We see bull, right? A bull. But it's the word balo, and this is where we get our word ball from. It's also where we get our word ballistics from. Because the word balo means literally to throw, right? Or to fire, like as in a gun. That's what it means. And so literally this word means to throw something alongside. Have you ever cooked spaghetti? Yeah. I love, that's one of the few things that I love to cook. We're doing this like whole HelloFresh thing right now in our house. And I've discovered one thing about HelloFresh. I hate cooking. <laughs> like they're like, yeah, this prep stage right here should take you 10 minutes. 45 minutes later, right? I'm like, oh my goodness. And like my wife gets all excited about it. She's like, oh, we're getting too much better at this. And I'm like, we're not. <laughs> but I do enjoy cooking spaghetti. And I don't know about you, but the way that I know that my spaghetti noodle is done is I take a noodle out and I throw it up on the cabinet. If it sticks, it's done. <laughs> Have you heard that before? Some of you are like, yeah, some of you are like, no. I do it. It's true. And listen, that's what a parable is like, right? It's like taking that wet noodle and throwing it up against the cabinet, and if it sticks, it's ready. So a parable really is a story with a truth in it that is told in a sticky way. Some way that people will remember it. Hmm, what an interesting thing. You know, some of you may be thinking that this whole idea about trying to use movies to talk about parables might be a little bit absurd, right? It might be a little bit crazy. And I have some good news for you. That's one of the things I learned about parables as I was looking at them, is that every parable had something that was absurd, something that was crazy inside of it. Right? P.T. Barnum, his whole business was built around the absurd and the crazy. And those people invited to come see the absurd and the crazy. And every story that is a parable that Jesus told had some element that was absurd or crazy or unexpected, surprising to those who were listening to it. Now, a lot of times, we've become so familiar with these stories that we miss the unexpected element that exists. And so as we study these stories over the next several weeks, I really want you to stop and ask yourself the question, what is surprising about this story that Jesus told? What is absurd about this story? What would people have expected to have happened in the story? What would have been their general norms about things? And what did Jesus say? And what does that mean to us? It's a great question to ask as we come at all of these different parables. Well, you know, P.T. Barnum, um, his story was absurd. And he knew it. He knew that his story was absurd. Uh, in fact, from a young age, he dreamed of doing something that most never dreamed of. You see, he grew up as a, as a tailor's boy. And he wanted something more than that lifestyle. In fact, for a while, he becomes an orphan. But he dreamed about a girl. And he pitched a dream at her. Well, you know what? Instead of me telling you the story, 
why don't we check out the clip about what happened? How'd you get out? The window. Father's sending me to finishing school. I don't know what my future will be. I do. I close my eyes and I can see a world that's waiting up for me that I call my own. Through the dark, through the door, through where no one's been before, but it feels like home. They can say, they can say it all sounds crazy. They can say, they can say I've lost my mind. I don't care, I don't care, so call me crazy.
right? And I even love watching the shadows as they tell a story on the wall about what's about to come. You know, Jesus, as he was using those parables, was doing the same sort of thing. They were telling a future story, a story of something that was to come, that was hard for people to, to grasp and to understand. You know, Jesus used parables to talk about a lot of different things. He talked about God's love. He talked about Christian love. He talked about persistence, righteousness, and he even talked about stewardship. And we're going to see all of those themes over the next couple of weeks as we unpack some of these different ones. But, you know, more than that, in fact, more than half, more than half of the parables that Jesus taught, taught about the same thing, the kingdom of heaven, and how it is that we are to prepare ourselves for the kingdom of heaven. Now, the kingdom of heaven, whoo, wow. Anybody have that emoji with like the mind-blowing thing going on? Because the kingdom of heaven, when it comes to talking about it, is one of the most difficult concepts, I think, to talk about. Because, well, it's already here and not yet. Make sense? Yeah, good. Like I said, mind-blowing emoji. <laughs> there it is. Right? Because it's already here and not yet. Because there are aspects of the kingdom of heaven that exist right here now today. But there are other aspects of the kingdom of heaven that don't exist here yet today. Now, you follow me? Yeah, that's a hard thing. And I think it's really hard because of, of this. It is hard to, to live out something, be a part of something, or be excited about something that you've never seen. Have you ever had something happen in your life and you're like, if I had only known that this is how this was going to turn out, I totally would have done something different. Have you ever had that moment? Oh, oh yeah. Oh yeah, I've had that moment. But here's the problem with that. We've never seen what was about to happen. And so we can't go back and change what it is that we were going to do because we've never seen it. And that's the same kind of problem that there is that exists about the kingdom of heaven. We still have things that we're supposed to live out, but we've never seen what the fullness of it looks like. And so we struggle sometimes, and there's going to be a day when we look back on it and we go, Oh, if I'd only known, then I could have done all these things right. And Jesus is telling these stories to try to help us to see a picture of something that is really like a shadow dancing on the wall for us because we just don't quite get it yet as best as we can. You know, his disciples struggled with this too. They struggled because they were pretty sure that this future reality of the kingdom of heaven was going to come any moment. And we still talk about the kingdom of heaven in that because it could happen any moment, but they were expecting it to happen inside of their lifetime. And it didn't. That's what I'm saying. Thank you. Good soundtrack right there. I appreciate that. Yeah, it didn't happen inside of that. And you know, there's a lot of disappointment when our futures don't work out the way that we think that they should when they're not lining up with the story that we've heard in our head, that we've told ourselves over and over and over again about our future and what it's going to look like, and it doesn't seem to be happening that way. That's hard. You know, PT faced that. 
he had sold this incredible dream to charity and they had gotten married and they started a family and what he finds himself is in one dead-end job after another dead-end job and he finally lands at a, what he thinks is going to be a great company and the boss comes in and says, hey, um, you're all without a job because our trading ships just sunk in the Indian Ocean and so we have nothing. Thank you for playing. And P.T. begins to go back and chase his dream. And so he opens up a museum. It's kind of like a Ripley's Believe It or Not, if you will, right? And it has all of these things inside of it. And he's trying to sell tickets for people to come see it. And it's not going so well. And the bills are, are, are piling up. The pressure is mounting. And in this next scene, we see P.T. walk into his home. His wife has a list of all the bills. And he has a conversation with his two daughters. Let's Check it out. in your museum, Daddy. Do you? She's right. You need something alive. Go to sleep, both of you. Something sensational. That's a big word. It's your word. Something that isn't stuffed. Like a mermaid. Or a unicorn. Unicorns aren't real. Well, mermaids aren't real either. those two little girls, right? So cute. Maybe because they remind me a little bit of my girls. But if we're honest, we've all faced that moment, right? That moment where things are dark and they're bleak and we're just not really sure how to go on. Those moments where the bills are piling up, the stress is mounting, we're just not sure what to do. And in that moment, these little girls speak truth. Daddy, you need something alive. You've got too many dead things. You know what I think is most interesting about the parables? They're not dead. They're alive. In fact, I love what the little girl says next. She says, Daddy, you need something sensational. And he says, oh, that's a big word. She says, that's not my word, Daddy. That's your word. You know what's amazing about Jesus as he teaches these parables is that they are a part of God's word, our Daddy's words. 
And they are not something that is dead that we go back and we just go, oh, that's really good and that's nice. In fact, if we're not careful, we can look at these stories as something that is dead. And we go, oh, let's just package this into some nice platitude, right? Some nice saying that's easy for us to remember and feel good about ourselves. Something kind of like, well, slow and steady wins the race, right? It's a nice platitude. It's a good saying. But that's not what Jesus wanted as he shared these. He wanted to give us life. He wanted to give us something that was alive, that spoke into those very moments of our darkness and our bleakness and gave us hope. Look down with me just a, a few verses later, verses 10 through 13 of that same chapter. And it says this. It says, disciples came to him and said, why, why do you speak in parables? And Jesus answered them and he says this. He says, to you it's been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it's not been given. He said, for the one who has, more will be given, and he will have an abundance. But from him who has not, even what he has will be taken away. Now this is why I speak to them in parables. Because seeing they do not see, and hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. Listen, Jesus desired something for each and every person that heard these stories. He desired change. He desired change. His followers thought that they wanted the same thing, right? And lots of times we think that we want the same thing. But when we're faced with those parables and the truths that they have for our lives, sometimes I think we reevaluate if we really want to change. Because change, change is not easy. In fact, the challenge of change is anything but comfortable. Let me say that again. The challenge of change is anything but comfortable. The stories that Jesus told were not just to be consumed by the ears. They were not for the spectacle of the crowd. Rather, they were to change us and to challenge us. One author I read said this. He said, religion has been defined and as designed to comfort the afflicted and to afflict the comfortable, right? Religion has been defined and designed to comfort the afflicted and afflict the comfortable. But we would do well to think of the parables of Jesus as doing the afflicting. Oh, great. It's going to be not such a lighthearted series after all if Jesus is going to be afflicting us, right? And challenging us to change and challenging that comfort that exists inside of our lives. Listen, Jesus wants to afflict us towards life. Jesus wants to afflict us towards life. And that is not just life here on earth, but it is life that is eternal. It is the kingdom of heaven, which is why he taught on it, because it is both here and not here. The truth is that the parables should make us slightly uncomfortable. And 
And then Jesus said that we probably all need to put on hearing aids. Did you catch that? He said, hearing they don't hear. And the ones who do hear a little bit, if they're not something, then even that little bit that they heard will be taken away. But those who hear even a little bit and do something with it, then so much more will be given to them. Jesus does something interesting with the word hear, hear. That sounded weird. I'm glad you guys caught that. But he does. He uses the first word, which is akue, right? It means to hear. Acoustics is the same one. And then right afterwards, he follows it up with this word hupa akue. Hupa akue. Now, we have the word hyper or super that comes from this same hupa word in the Greek. And it's really, he's saying super hearing. Did you know that Jesus wants you to be a superhero? He says it right here. He wants us all to have super hearing, Right? Could have used a good superhero movie right here, right? But he wants us to have super hearing because super hearing is not just hearing the words, but if James, the half-brother of Jesus, said in his book, he said, hearing is doing. He says, don't just be a hearer of the word only and so deceive yourselves. He said, but do the word. Be a doer of the word. That's what super hearing is. Jesus says, look, I don't want you to just hear these stories. I want you to be moved to action because of these stories. Because of these truths that I'm sharing, I want you to become a super hearer. Ooh. You know, after the conversation that PT had with his girls, it changed him. He began to think about what they were saying, about that he needed something alive, and he began to act upon what they said. And let's check out what happened to PT after that. You must be Gertrude Strand. I'm looking for your son. I don't have a son. The hospital record says you do. Charles, right? Age 22? Charles! Charles! P.T. Barnum, at your service. I am putting together a show, and I need a star. You want people to laugh at me? Well, they're laughing anyway, kid, so might as well get paid. I see a soldier, no, a general, riding across the stage with a sword and a gun and, and, and the most beautiful uniform ever made. People will come from all over the world, and when they see him, they won't laugh. They'll salute. How's it looking, girls? You looking for freaks? 
I know where you can find one of them. Really? Come on, girls. Sir, you shouldn't be here. I'm sorry. I, who's doing this thing? It's you, isn't it? Sir, I have to ask you to leave. You are so talented, blessed. Extraordinary. Unique. I would even say beautiful. <laughs> Sir, please leave me alone. They don't understand, but they will. Okay, Anna W.D. Wheeler. Brother and sister? Yes, sir. Yes. Terrific. And what do you do? Uh, trapeze. Trapeze? Okay. You know, people aren't gonna like it if you put us on the stage. Oh, I'm counting on it. This is over your entire body. Terrific. I don't need to see it. Can I just ask how heavy you are? Do you have a number for that? I prefer not to say, Just but... Just between you and me. 500 pounds? 750 pounds? What is your name? Vasily Pavlov, sir. Yeah, we're gonna change that name. Uh, I think you're Irish. We have a son. That's good. I need it five times bigger. And I want it everywhere. Carriages, sides of trains, trolleys, crates, milk bottles, everywhere they look. Barnum's American Museum. You stumble through the days. Got your head hung low. Your sky's a shade of gray. Like a zombie in a maze. Two, please. You're asleep inside, but you can shake away. Cause you're just a dead man walking. Think about your only option. But you can flick the switch and brighten up your darkness day. Sun is up and the color's blinding. Take the world and redefine it. Leave behind the narrow mind. You'll never be the same. Come alive, come alive. Go and light your light. Let it burn so bright. Reach it on. To the sky, and it's open wide. Your bed's red fire. The world becomes a fantasy, and you're more than you could ever be. Cause you're dreaming with your eyes wide open. Whoa, and you know you can't go back again to the world that you were living in. Cause you're dreaming with your eyes wide open. So come alive.
waited for what? For you. They don't know it yet. desired to be liked by them and loved by them. And so he put aside the circus that was bringing life to him and to those that were around and began to pursue something else. And it's not until the movie is almost over that he discovers that he almost lost everything. You know, I don't know about you, but there are all kinds of things in my life that well, they, they keep me from listening to what it is that Jesus is saying and calling me towards. Maybe it's the crowd, right? Sometimes I hear what they're saying, what they're screaming, and go, oh, I need to, I need to change because of them. Other times, it's busyness, right? And I quit listening because of that. And if anything, what I want you to know as we get ready to start this series over the next couple of weeks is that Jesus said, in order for us to come alive, we've got to listen. And listening doesn't mean just hearing and consuming with our ears. It means hearing in such a way that we act upon what it is that he says. And with that, if we begin to do that, there's no going back, as the song said. And what a powerful, powerful thing to hear from Jesus about why he gave parables to us. Why he had this throw alongside sticky truth. 
is so that we would have a chance to come alive and to be challenged to be changed and not live comfortably. Let's pray. Father, I thank you. Thank you for a great start to what I think is going to be an incredible journey over the next several weeks. As we look at these parables that Jesus told, got some of them long and some of them short. God, I pray that they would be sticky truths in our lives, things that would afflict us towards the life that you desire for us. God, may we feel the growing pains this summer. May it transform us into something more like Jesus. God, I thank you and I praise you because you are the Father of all things and the one who gives so generously to us. God, may we listen and may we act. Amen. Amen.